The Rangers' 10-game point streak is over as they drop a 4-1 decision at home to the Winnipeg Jets. On today's episode, we're going to be talking about Igor Shesterkin, his recent struggles, as well as his, I guess, semi-controversial decision to not speak with the media after this uh, most recent tough outing, uh, this game against the Winnipeg Jets here. Also going to be talking about how Vladimir Tarasenko is off to a really solid start with his New York Ranger team, despite maybe not quite having his A-plus game yet, still off to a solid start with the Rangers. And also going to discuss fan favorite Tyler Mott being back in the lineup uh, for the first time once again with his uh, New York Ranger teammates that he played with last year. All that and more on today's episode of Locked on New York Rangers. Welcome back, Blue Shirts fans, to episode number 775 of the Locked On New York Rangers podcast. I'm your host, John Chick. Just want to thank you guys, as always, for making Locked On New York Rangers your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. And like I said, I wanted to kick off today's episode by talking a little bit about Igor Shesterkin and everything that happened in this game, everything that's been going on with him recently, and once again, uh, the uh, decision that he made to not speak with the media after this game was over. So for starters, uh, to sum it up, you know, kind of... Quickly here, his struggles continued. You know, it was another rough outing for Igor Shesterkin in this one. And we're at a point now where Igor has given up four or more goals in three straight games. That's the first time in his career that that has happened. Uh, he's also given up three or more goals in six straight games. And uh, five of those six games have occurred after the All-Star break. And I'm going to explain why that's important in just a second. So just remember that. Uh, Igor has also given up three or more goals in 10 of his last 13 games. So just not the shutdown, lockdown type of goalie uh, that we expect him to see. I mean, you still see those flashes here and there where he makes just an awesome save. I thought uh, the effort that he put forward against the Edmonton Oilers the other night was absolutely outstanding. You know, the final stat line might not have been great. He gave up four goals, but bottom line is he slammed the door after a really rough first period, uh, held the Oilers off the score sheet in the second period, the third period, overtime, and then the Oilers, even in the shootout, went just one for six against him. So Igor played very well on that night after a really rough start, and that gives you an idea of the kind of goalie that he, of course, is and the kind of stuff that he's made of to, to be able to flip the switch like that and lead the Rangers to an improbable win. Um, but, you know, I, I mentioned uh, just a second ago that five of the games, the, the five of the recent six rough games that Igor has had have come after the All-Star break. And the reason why I bring that this up is because... I'm wondering if maybe Igor Shesterkin could have possibly been injured during the All-Star game. If you guys remember back to that, and I don't like to speculate on here too much because, first of all, I'm not a doctor. Secondly, even if I was a doctor, I wouldn't be able to tell, you know, what happened to Igor Shesterkin by just watching him on my TV, you know, through the screen. Um, but the reason why I bring this up is he was involved in, like, an awkward collision, an awkward fall during the All-Star game, he came out of his crease and was looking to pass up the ice, and somebody tried to take the puck away from him, and he fell down, like, awkwardly on his uh, left leg and, you know, stayed in the game, so that tells me that he must have been fine. I mean, if somebody thinks that they might have hurt themselves in an All-Star game, they're certainly going to leave that game. There, there's no reason to stay in. Um, but that does seem to be when his struggles really seem to pick up a little bit. And the other thing that I, I thought was weird at the time is that Yaroslav Halak played the first game for the Rangers after the All-Star break, despite the fact that the Rangers uh, went about nine days without playing hockey of any kind. And at the time, I figured, like, well, you know, Igor was at the All-Star game, so, 
Maybe they just want to let him settle back in, and uh, Halak's played better recently, so maybe they just want to give him another start. But Halak played the final game for the Rangers before the All-Star break, and then played the first game for the Rangers after the All-Star break. So it was just weird that Igor wasn't right back in there for his team, which leads you believe, to believe that maybe something happened in that All-Star game, maybe something uh, that we're not aware of could have happened. I mean, I don't know. It could just be that he's going through a slump right now, and uh, maybe I'm just kind of grasping at straws and looking to find something that isn't really there because, obviously, I'm a big Igor Shesterkin fan, as I know a lot of you are as well, and uh, we want to see him play up to uh, his capabilities, which he just hasn't been able to do recently. But, yeah, I— you know, watching him struggle last night, I haven't been able to get that image out of my head of him falling awkwardly and kind of, you know, falling backward on his left leg and, and just, you know, in a, in a really weird spot and just can't help but wonder if maybe he did something there and maybe it's something that the Rangers are, are keeping under wraps a little bit. Um, maybe, maybe not, but uh, I thought it was food for thought and something that I would at least uh, toss out there as a uh, remote possibility as far as Igor Shesterkin and why he's been struggling recently. As far as, like, looking at the goals in this game and trying to figure out, you know, how much of it was on Igor, how much of it was on the Rangers, I, I think there was, you know, frankly, uh, plenty of blame to go around here. If you look at the first goal, I'm not going to put this one on Igor at all. I'm not really going to put this one on anyone. I mean, the Rangers were shorthanded. Jets had a power play. They were moving the puck pretty well. Uh, the Jets' power play has struggled, but uh, they put the puck at the net, and it deflects off the knee of Pierre-Luc Dubois, who is probably not even trying to do that, and goes into the net. It's a deflection. The Rangers are shorthanded to begin with. It's fine. Whatever. It happens. Jets scored a goal. Not going to really put that one on any on anybody on the Rangers. Uh, as for the second goal, though, you got Mark Shifley scoring. Uh, Connor took a shot. It got deflected, and Eeyore knocked it down, got a good piece of it, but it was down on the ice, and he had no clue where it was. And I was just kind of surprised that despite the deflection on the shot by Connor, that Igor didn't, you know, catch this one cleanly. It certainly looked like he could have. And also that he was not able to find the puck once it was back down on the ice. And uh, he had no idea where it was. Mark Shifley crashes the net, and he scores from the doorstep. Uh, stuffing goal there. So I think you got to put that one on Igor. I saw, you know, Steve Valaket. He was talking between periods and kind of breaking down everything that happened, and he didn't want to put either of these first two goals on Igor Shesterkin. And look, Valaket, I mean, he knows his stuff, and, and obviously uh, he played goalie in this league. So, you know, I, I tend to listen to things that he has to say, but I don't know. I feel like this is one that Igor probably should have been able to come up with, and in most cases he uh, certainly would have come up with. Uh, third goal, this one scored by Connor. Rangers definitely could have defended a bit better on this one. Uh, Heedle had control of the puck for just a second. He had it poked away from him. Uh, there was a centering pass to Connor on the inside of the left circle. Connor snapped it home. And, uh, you know, Heedle, like I said, he had the puck for just a second, but then had it taken away. And I thought Kako could have done a better job uh, defending in the neutral zone on this play as well. You know, the, He was right there. He was in position, and the Jets gained the blue line with relative ease. And I don't know. Rangers just kind of... Caught puck watching, excuse me, tongue twister there, um, and just didn't do enough to, to break up this scoring chance. By that same token, was this a completely impossible save for Igor Shesterkin? No, it wasn't. And when he's going right, these are the things that Igor does to help you win games. You have a little bit of a defensive lapse there. You get caught a little bit flat-footed, and your goalie you know, comes up big, bails you out. We've seen Igor do that more times than we can count with this Ranger team. So uh, a little bit of a combination of everything there. And I, I think that was also the case on the fourth goal. Uh, Kidline was out there again for this one. They turned it over in the neutral zone. The Jets gained the Ranger zone. But it's basically a two-on-three for the Jets. Uh, Connor is along the boards on the right side. He passes over to Shifley in the slot. Shifley goes to the backhand and scores. Uh, Fox, Miller, and Heedle all did very little to break up this scoring chance here. And I don't know if it's a situation where it was getting late in the game. 
Obviously, it was a frustrating night for the Rangers. They were peppering Connor Hellebuck with shots. Uh, he just would not let the puck get by him. He ends up stopping 50 of 51 shots. So maybe there's some frustration. And uh, the reason I think why Fox and Miller were out there together is to try to get some offense because he's getting toward the end of the game. And those are your two best offensive defensemen. But um, yeah, not a lot of resistance here. A little bit of reaching for the puck. I, I thought the Rangers really could have helped out Igor more on this one. By that same token, though, once again, this is the kind of shot that we're used to seeing Igor Shesterkin make. So if I want to just summarize everything that I said there, first goal, I'm not going to put it on anybody. They scored a power play goal. They got a deflection. Good for them. Tip your cap every once in a while. Uh, second goal, I got to put that one completely on Igor Shesterkin. Third and fourth goal, I, I think it was kind of 50-50 between, you know, the Ranger defense and Igor himself. So, um, yeah, that, that's kind of my thoughts on Igor's night and just kind of breaking down the goals here. As far as his decision uh, not to speak to the media after the game, you know, there were people on social media kind of giving him a hard time about this. And uh, Rick Carpaniello, who, who I really like, really enjoyed his work when he you know, covered the Rangers for as long as he did, uh, he, there, there was a tweet from Larry Brooks that Igor did not meet with the media after the game. And, you know, Rick kind of retweeted it and said something about like, oh, you know, there was always accountability from Lundqvist and before him, Richter. And it's like, okay, fine. But you know what? It's fine for Igor to do this once a season, I think. You know, he, he needs a little bit of a mental break. This is somebody that's been very, very accountable for the New York Rangers in the past. Uh, there was a game earlier this season back in November. I don't have the uh, exact quote in front of me. And there was, in fact, an expletive as part of this quote as well. But Igor basically said something along the lines of, the goalie was bleep. I'm embarrassed, or something along those lines. You know, that's not the exact quote, but it's very, very close. Eeyore basically put the entire loss on himself, and I think that was a game where there was certainly plenty of blame to go around in that one as well, but he put it completely on himself and um, obviously showed that he's an accountable person, an accountable goalie, and a good teammate. Look, he skipped his media session one time. I think everybody needs a mental break at least once in a while. I need a mental break every once in a while. I'm sure you guys need a mental break every once in a while, and most of us don't have you know, millions of people watching us and, and scrutinizing our, our every move. And I look, I know, look, Igor's a professional athlete. You get the, the fame and the fortune that comes with it and all that good stuff. But you know what? It's okay. He skipped one media session. If he does this time and time and time and time and time again and just refuses to talk to the media every time that the Rangers lose a game and every time that he loses a game, then at that point, I think it becomes a little bit of an accountability issue. But Igor's not that guy. Igor's very accountable. He took one night off from talking to the media. It's fine. It's not a big deal. Anybody that's all up in arms about this, take a deep breath. It'll be okay. I'm sure after the next one, I, I would bet anything, win, lose, or overtime loss, uh, Igor Shosturkin will talk to the media uh, after his next game. But we're going to keep rolling in just a second. I want to shift our attention to Vladimir Tarasenko and how he's kind of acclimated himself to the New York Rangers. Uh, got off to a nice start in his first six games with his new team. And we're going to do that in just a second. But first, we got to let everybody know Today's episode of Locked On New York Rangers is brought to you by FanDuel. The midway point of the NBA season is here, and now is the perfect time to download FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook, because new customers get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's bonus bets back if your first bet doesn't win. Just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Then you can bet on anything from the money line to point scores and threes drained. Plus, FanDuel even lets you combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with a same-game parlay. So don't miss the chance to get your no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets when you go to FanDuel.com slash locked on. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on to learn more. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. 
All right, so let's keep everything rolling here. Like I said, I want to spend some time talking about Vladimir Tarasenko. Excuse me. Obviously, that was uh, one of the first really big trades to to happen this season. I mean, Bo Horvat happened before that, but I would put Tarasenko at, you know, another level ahead of Bo Horvat. And obviously, you know, this is a Rangers show, and we were all very, very excited when the Rangers struck this deal. Uh, Drury got it done, and he got it done without giving up. Uh, you know, too much. I, I think the asking price was reasonable, and I think Drury did a great job here. And I think Vladimir Tarasenko's done a great job since uh, becoming a New York Ranger. We'll start with uh, the assist that he had in this game here against the Jets. Uh, he had the lone assist on the lone Ranger goal of the evening. The Rangers were down three to nothing in the second period. Uh, Rangers were getting it going a little bit at this point. And honestly, like it, they lost this game by three goals. It looks bad. The deserve to win meter was in the ranger favor for whatever that might be worth to anybody. But just watching this game, I didn't feel like, you know, other than a couple of defensive lapses, it never felt like they weren't competing hard or anything like that. They they just could not solve the goalie and, and they just could not catch a break at certain points in this game. Um, but in this instance, they were really swarming. Had a sustained offensive zone possession. Uh, Fox was dancing with the puck. Rangers just would not give up the puck. They were shooting from every angle. Uh, then you get a bit of a bouncing puck that comes loose to Tarasenko on the right side. Tarasenko from a sharp angle, really threads the needle here, gets it across the crease to uh, Vincent Trocek on the other side, and Trocek stuffs it into the net and cuts the Ranger deficit to 3-1. to one. Uh, Just a quintessential Trocek, you know, blue-collar stuff-in type goal, and a great play by Tarasenko here as well. Uh, like I said, he was at a really sharp angle, did not have a lot of room at all to thread the needle, get that puck through there across to his teammate. He was able to make it happen and uh, gets the primary assist and the only assist on this goal. But we're at the point now where Vladimir Tarasenko has played six games with the New York Rangers. I think we're all kind of getting used to seeing him in uh, Ranger blue. Uh, but he's got two goals. He's got two assists. He's a plus four in that time. He has not been a minus in any of the six games that he's played for the New York Rangers. And I know plus minus, very polarizing stat. I get it. But uh, I think a stat like that is certainly worth pointing out. The fact that he's on his new team and, you know, not only is he a plus four, but in six games, he's been a, an even plus minus or better. That That's a very impressive, solid little streak there. And, you know, there was a debate that we were having on YouTube. I, I did a recent episode where we were talking about Tarasenko. And I, I think it was actually, uh, it might've been the, Locked on now that I did the short video about Tyler Mott being, uh, you know, acquired by the New York Rangers. And somehow we all got into talking about Tarasenko. There was somebody who said, oh, yeah, great. Tarasenko's got one goal. He's doing a lot to help. And at that point, Tarasenko actually had two goals in five games along with an assist. Now he's up to two goals and two assists in four games. First of all, five or six games, very small sample size. Way too early to jump to judgment, even if Tarasenko was off to a slow start with the Rangers, which he is not. Um, I think it's too early to judge at that point. Obviously, you want uh, the star player that you acquire to hit the ground running and immediately start contributing and uh, find that chemistry with his new teammates. But if we were at a point right now where Tarasenko only had one or two points with the Rangers in these first six games, I mean, okay, it's a slow start. He'll figure it out. He'll pick it up and he'll get it going. I I would uh, choose to believe that. And the other part of this debate that was happening was, you know, that this individual, and look, I respect your opinion, but I was pointing out the fact that just wait until the playoffs when Tarasenko disappears. And I'm thinking like, Tarasenko disappeared. Tarasenko is a former Stanley Cup champion. He has played 90 playoff games. He scored 41 goals in that time, 60 points in 90 games. Now, 60 points in 90 games for Tarasenko, he's not producing points in the playoffs, at the same rate that he does in the regular season. 
but that's true of almost any player in the NHL. That's just the nature of the beast in the Stanley Cup playoffs. Things are more uh, tightly contested, and it's just hard to you know create as many scoring chances as you, as you do in the playoffs as you do in the regular season. So uh, for that reason, you know I'm not too worried about Tarasenko. I'll take my chances with somebody who has scored 41 times in 90 career Stanley Cup playoff games. That to me sounds like somebody who's ready for the bright lights and ready to go and embraces uh, you know those tough games and. Uh, the playoff style of hockey that you need to play to be successful come postseason time. And look, I mean, could Tarasenko have a bad playoff run with the Rangers this year? It's possible. It's possible for any player in this league in any given season to just not really get it done in the playoffs, not really be able to do a whole lot, not really be able to produce a bunch of points. It can happen to anybody because that's just the nature of the beast when it comes to the Stanley Cup playoffs. But when you're talking about Vladimir Tarasenko, I, I just don't think there's anything about him or about the results that he's produced in the past that would lead you to believe that he's going to be a playoff flop for the New York Rangers. Again, nothing can be ruled out. You never know what's going to happen, but I'll take my chances once again with somebody that uh, has won a Stanley Cup and certainly was not a passenger that year. You know, he had a lot of points that year uh, when the Blues won the Stanley Cup against the Bruins and somebody that produces goals at at the rate that Tarasenko does uh, come playoff time. I will certainly take my chances with a player like that. But I want to keep everything rolling in just a second here and uh, start to talk a little bit about uh, Tyler Mott. He obviously was acquired by the New York Rangers before the trade deadline for the second consecutive season. And uh, I want to do a Mott-centric episode pretty soon as well. Uh, You guys know that um, anybody that's been watching this show every day, uh, been a little bit under the weather recently and just kind of fighting through it right now. Honestly, I wouldn't even bring it up if not for the fact that, you know, it affects the scheduling of this podcast a little bit. So just wanted to not leave you guys in the dark and, and let you know why things are coming out just a little bit slower than they normally would. But uh, like I said, in just a second, going to talk about Mott, him being brought back in, his uh, re-debut with the New York Rangers, and we will do that in just a second. But first, just got to let everybody know, today's episode of Locked On New York Rangers is brought to you by Athletic Greens. I use Athletic Greens literally every day, and I started taking AG1 because I wanted a supplement that actually tastes great, and I wanted to see what all the hype was about. Now I've been on it for about nine months, and I love it. It doesn't taste like it's super healthy, has kind of a mild tropical taste that I actually look forward to each morning. So what is this stuff? With one delicious scoop of AG1, you're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole foods, source superfoods, probiotics, and aptogens to help you start your day right. This special blend of ingredients supports your gut health, nervous system, immune system, energy, recovery, focus, and aging. Literally everything. It's lifestyle friendly, whether you eat keto, paleo, vegan, dairy-free, or gluten-free. It costs you less than $3 a day, you're investing in your health, and it's cheaper than your cold brew habit. Athletic Greens has over 7,000 five-star reviews. Right now, it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. It's just one scoop in a cup of water every day. That's it. No need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash NHL Network. Again, that is athleticgreens.com slash NHL Network. Take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily Nutritional insurance. All right, so I wanted to go ahead and talk about uh, the Mott 
reacquisition by the New York Rangers. Of course, they did it with uh, quite a bit more time to spare before the deadline this season than they did last season. I mean, last season, I was all excited because, I mean, there couldn't have been more than like 10 minutes left when we got the news that the Rangers had traded for Andrew Kopp, and that was somebody I really wanted them to get. And, you know, then at the the very zero hour, you know, I, I thought they were done, but it's like, oh, they also got Tyler Mott too. And I was like, all right, cool. You know, that's somebody that can uh, round out the fourth line. Uh, and he went over Ranger fans very quickly last season. I know a lot of Ranger fans wanted him back this year. Uh, I saw somebody joking on Twitter that uh, he said something like, you know, do, do you think Chris Jury just got tired of all of us tweeting about Tyler Mott and wanting to get him back this year, so he just did it? So that was pretty funny, and maybe that was it. And maybe, maybe the fans pressured Drury, and he knew he needed a fourth liner, and it's just like, all right, let, let's just give him what they want. I like Tyler Mott, too. Let's bring him back in here. But, uh, no, I, I don't think that's what Drury did, but it's fun to think that. So uh, Tyler Mott first came back with the Rangers last night. No points. He was an even plus-minus. Two shots on goal. 10 minutes and 11 seconds of ice time, which was the second fewest on the Rangers, only to Jake LeCision. Uh, No surprise there. But, you know, Mott was really excited. He was the first guy uh, in the locker room, apparently, that day. He he was saying that, like, he remembered how to get there and everything. So he was really excited. One thing that was a little bit different is uh, Mott was wearing number 14 this season instead of number 64, which is what he wore last season. So I guess, you know, years from now when we're all looking at you know, old footage of the Rangers will we'll know which season was which by uh, whichever number uh, Tyler Mott was wearing. But, you know, Mott, Mott looked good. I thought overall, you know, he played his normal gritty style and uh, somebody that, you know, plays on the fourth line. And uh, last night, uh, there was a play where Tyler Mott actually almost scored. Uh, just a wild scramble. And th- this would have been a huge goal, by the way, if the Rangers had scored here because the Rangers were down uh three to one at this point. They had a little bit of momentum. They had a little bit of mojo coming off of that goal that we already discussed, you know, Vladimir Tarasenko to Vincent Trocek. And there was just a wild scramble in front of the Winnipeg net. Uh, The puck didn't go in. Mott had multiple chances to bury it on the doorstep, you know, crashed the net hard, got there quickly. Um, And I think his second attempt to bury the puck, first of all, his first attempt, the puck, hit Hellebuck in the face mask, and I think the second one actually grazed off the crossbar. But the Rangers were absolutely scrambling here, and as Mott was getting away that second shot, he pretty much took a cross-check in the face um, from uh, former New York Ranger uh, Morgan Barron. And Barron, you know, cross-checked him in the face, took the power play. Rangers got a power play opportunity. That's another uh, thing that happened in this game. The Rangers just weren't able to score on their power play chances, while the Jets were able to score on uh, their one chance. So more on that in a little bit here. But yeah, so far so good. Would have been amazing to see Tyler Mott get a big goal there in a big spot. You know, again, he doesn't, and I've talked about this before with Tyler Mott, he obviously doesn't produce a ton of offense, doesn't score a ton of goals, but you never feel like a Tyler Mott goal would be that surprising of a thing. And I think that's a difference between him and, say, somebody like Jake LeCision. I'm not trying to pick on LeCision. There's enough of that going on on social media right now. But you'd be stunned if this guy put one in the net. With Tyler Mott, if he scores any given night, it's like, yeah, you know, he he was due for that. He works hard. He kind of, you know, made his own breaks there. And I'm not saying Jake LeCision doesn't work hard, but there's just something there with Mott when, uh, you know, anytime he scores a goal, it's not really that much of a surprise, even though his goal total uh, is never really that high. But, you know, good stuff from him here. Obviously drew the penalty. Uh, Rangers were not able to convert, unfortunately, um, but very much uh, looking forward to seeing what Tyler Mott can do in his second go around with the Rangers. And, uh, you know, we did that trade deadline spotlight episode last week. And, you know, I talked about Mott. I talked about Nick Ritchie. I talked about Max Domi, but Mott was my guy. He was the one that I really wanted to come back to the New York Rangers. And uh, I suppose I got my wish. And I'm sure a lot of you got your wish as well, because uh, it doesn't take a genius to see that Tyler Mott is a very, very popular player uh, among the New York Ranger fans. So, 
Yeah, good stuff all around there from Tyler Mott. And the only other aspect, actually two more things I want to talk about here as it pertains to this game. This was a very nasty, chippy game as well. Just kind of highlight some of that stuff. You had uh, Keandre Miller and Lowry. They got into an early standoff in the neutral zone. You know, they just kind of stopped playing and were just kind of shoving each other right in the center of the ice there. Uh, not too long after that, Braden Schneider, he got into it in front of the Ranger net after a play stoppage. Uh, you had Trocek fighting Gagne. Trocek took a really hard hit. Um, Gagne was not the player that hit him, but that player had left. So I guess Trocek just decided to fight Gagne instead. Um, Trocek landed some early punches. I thought Gagne came back in the second half. So pretty even fight there. Barron got Adam Fox in the face of the high stick. I, I don't think it was on purpose, but just another uh, incident or another example of just some rough and tumble hockey out there. Uh, that led to a Ranger power play. And uh, yeah, you know, there, there was a situation where um, dust up between Lafreniere and Trocek and a couple of players on the Winnipeg Jets. And then you had uh, Truba coming onto the ice and he went off, went after Dylan, uh, cross-checked him as Dylan was leaving the ice and, uh, you know, sent a message there a little bit. Those two were barking at each other, but just say uh, a ton of, you know, nastiness and chippiness going on pretty much throughout this game. And uh, even at the end of the game, Barkley Goodrow was mixing it up with one of the Winnipeg defensemen. So yeah, chippy, nasty stuff. It was a spirited effort by the New York Rangers. Again, it, this was not a game where it's like they were sleepwalking again, just a couple of uh, you know, at least one soft goal by Igor Shesterkin, a couple of defensive lapses from uh, the Ranger defense in a couple of instances as well. But uh, yeah, it just wasn't the Rangers' night. You can't keep this winning streak or this point streak going forever, and you just start a new one in the next game. I think it's as simple as that. Rangers, like I said, it's not like they played a terrible game here. Um, just was not their night. Um, and I, the fact that Connor Hellebuck had his A game, that didn't hurt either. And uh, Sam and Joe were talking about that actually at the end of the game, um, that you know, Hellebuck, it was one of those nights where it just seemed to hit him squarely. He was in perfect position every single save that he made. And, uh, you know, sometimes you do have to tip your cap a little bit. And as far as Connor Hellebuck is concerned, I, I think that's certainly the case there. Uh, the slam dunk number one star for this game. Uh, as far as the power play goes, I mean, again, that was a big point in this game as well because the Jets only got one chance. They scored. That was the deflection goal by uh, Pierre-Luc Dubois. And that was early in the game. That's the goal that actually opened the scoring. And then the Rangers had four chances, and I thought at times created some good opportunities, but just were not able to convert. Once again, obviously, Hellebuck had a lot to do with that. One thing that I found interesting during, I think it was the second power play, and I think they did this at least one other time in this game, you had uh, two players, that being Kreider and Tarasenko, uh, both try to screen the goalie at the same time. And that might be kind of recognizing that, Okay, Hellebuck's got his A game. We got to take away his vision here if we're going to get one by him. Uh, that might have been part of the strategy there, but that's something that I'm going to keep an eye on uh, going forward. And, and just the power play units in general. Uh, we actually saw the Rangers' second power play unit start one of the power plays in this game, and that has not been as rare of an occurrence recently as it would have been early in the season. Part of the reason for that, I think, is that you know you can more evenly distribute the talent between the two power plays than you could have early in the season. Obviously, Filipino really caught fire for a while. He took his game to a new level. Uh, he got some run on the top power play unit. And now you've got Vladimir Tarasenko mixing in as well. He started in the second unit. He's now on the top unit. So they've got some options. And uh, as far as time on the ice, they, they got some options with that as well. So it, it's good to have kind of an embarrassment of riches here as far as the 10 players that you want to make up uh, your two power play units on any given night. And, you know, who you want to play with who on which unit. And 
how much time you want each unit to have on the ice. And as far as time on the ice, you can let the players dictate that. How they've been playing throughout the game can dictate who starts the power play, which unit gets more time on the power play, et cetera, et cetera. But yeah, overall, look, I, I can't go crazy about this loss. Just kind of a tough night for the Rangers. Uh, phenomenal goaltending by Connor Hellebuck. Tough night for Igor Shesterkin, but uh, I do remain confident that he will eventually get it together. And fingers crossed that he isn't dealing with uh, some kind of an injury or anything along those lines. Um, and we'll see what happens on Thursday. When the Rangers are back in action in Detroit at 7 p.m., and then after that, you get a back-to-back over the weekend. They are at the Caps at 1 p.m. on Saturday, followed by home against the Kings on 5 p.m. on Sunday. And as I mentioned, in our next episode, we're going to go ahead and uh, look at the Tyler Mott trade in greater detail. Obviously, he just played his first game back with the New York Rangers, but I want to discuss a couple of winners and losers from that trade, a couple other uh, angles I want to look at as well. Uh, but that will do it for today, guys. Once again, if you'd like to get in touch with this podcast, please send an email to LockedOnNYRangers at gmail.com. Once again, that is LockedOnNYRangers at gmail.com. And definitely give us a follow on Twitter as well, at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. Once again, that is at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. And definitely subscribe to Locked On New York Rangers YouTube channel. Thanks again, guys. I'll see you next time.